Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Lapdown Podcast. I am Jamie. Uh, I will be your host for this evening. As always, I got Greg Farmer here with me. I got Ryan Dyer. We got Tyler. We got Rumble. And we got our special guest of the evening, singer, producer, writer from the Akali Project, pouring himself a little shot right there. It is Will Bain. Let's give it up for Will. Hey, Will. Hello. Oh, that's that's strong. <laughs> Kicking it off with a bang, huh? What's hey, out Will, there? how the fuck you doing? Hello. I was trying to amp it up there. Yep. Yeah, uh, welcome, to, welcome to the crazy crew. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm alcoholic right now, apparently. <laughs> that's fun. But yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a day. Uh. Lots of work, amping myself up to come on here for the first time uh, since I woke up. So, and now here we are. Yeah, welcome I'm to here. the crazy crew. I'm here after it's been a rough week for me, but I'm here. I'm back. And uh, you're here, and that's all that matters. Yeah, like right now, so, nothing else. Just this podcast. So, before we get into our normal discussions, uh, I wanted to take some time to to talk about uh, the Acolyte Project. How did the Acolyte Project come to be well? It was a COVID baby. Uh, and I'm sure there's lots of those now, after all the time pe- uh, people had by themselves together. Uh, but this one is just, this one's not a child child. It's just my music baby. Uh, I've put out two uh, LPs oh. so far. Uh, th- three EPs, I think. Uh two cover songs one metallica one slayer uh i'm working on more but it came oh, around oh. it was a uh it, it was uh it was a rough time for me in may of 2020 i was going through a breakup uh it seemed like the walking dead was becoming a reality and as much of the shows i've seen i don't want to try to live in it uh mm. as much fallout as i played i couldn't survive either uh I needed, uh, I, I was in a band with a friend of mine, Alan, uh, and then I moved up here an hour away. We just kind of stopped doing stuff for a few years. I had wanted to pick music back up and May of 2020 seemed like the right time to start doing music again with everything going on. So here we are four years later, four, I don't know. I'm not yeah. going to try to do math. Four years that. later, uh, two albums out. Uh, mm-hmm. latest one is Blood World. Um, personally, I want to say thank you for creating the uh intro and outro music for the Lapdown Podcast. Uh, so from all of us here at the Lapdown Podcast, I generously and graciously say thank you. Yeah, thank Fuck you yeah. with it. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm very interested. What is uh the the writing process and inspiration process for? When, when you go to start um, writing these songs and just kind of taking what you're feeling and putting it to pen and paper? Music always comes first. Uh, lyrics come later. Uh, generally, I'll have an idea of what I want a project to look like. Uh, like, I'll have song titles. Uh, but I don't start writing any song with, this is going to be this song, or this is going to be this song. I just pick up one of my many children off the wall and start writing and that's how everything comes around including uh the intro song which is called well 
is the most generic NASCAR intro song title you could ever come up with, Wheel to Wheel. Uh, I couldn't think of anything better, faster. And But uh, I'll sit down. I'll start writing something. Uh, I'll come up with a working title for it. Like the first song that uh, uh, for Blood World that uh, uh, I wrote, I started writing during the spring 2023 Martinsville Cup race. And the working title for that was Tire at the Wall because of Mr. BJ McLeod's tire that was indeed at the wall. Uh, <laughs> it just, it, I, you need a placeholder to just to save a, a file. And that worked. I think there was yeah, one where and... we decided uh, we were we decided we were going to go see Metallica in Chicago this year that day, so the working title for that one was Chicago Riffage, and nice. Yeah. Um. So speaking of uh, Blood World, uh, I got I got some personal favorites of mine. Uh, I think uh, Bleeding the Silent Flame, the instrumental version. Uh, that that's something that jams me up. Uh, as I'm getting ready to get ready for work and pumps me up. Uh, and then from a lyrical standpoint, uh, I think it's the fourth track in the darkest light, uh, is, is a song that I really felt. And I think, uh, oh, it, it's definitely one that I, I definitely enjoy. Hmm. The harvester of sorrow of 2023. Facts. I think that's what I told my producer whenever I sent it to him was this sounds like if Metallica wrote that song in this year of 2023, the year of our Lord. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things. Um, obviously, uh, at, at being a writer and a producer and a singer and, and all being involved in everything that there is when it comes to uh, creating the song, uh, I know you have a lot of pride in it. So with that pride, uh, let people know where they can check it out, where they can uh, help you out uh, directly. The easiest way to do it would be linktree.com slash alkali project a-l-k-y-l-i the word project uh that's got a link to my band camp where you can buy that uh and you can buy the physical versions of blood world of which there are many laying around here they're they're coming out of my walls they're they're they have invaded my house uh you can buy that there. Uh, I don't have any actual merch anywhere, like T-shirts or anything, because I don't want to go through like a company uh, to just drop ship it because they're just gonna send the shirts off to some third world country for child slaves to make the shirts, and I don't want that. Uh, I don't want to be associated with that. I want to have shirts made like a at a good like union print shop where it's made by uh, a good people being paid good wages, uh, and that requires money that I don't have. Uh, so it, it, uh, that may come in the future, but as for right now, the only physical thing is these and stickers that everybody gets one when they buy one of these. Well, um, you can support him by buying his music because yeah. that's what I went and did. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that link tree has links to Spotify, uh, Apple music, uh, wherever it is that I can, I could think of at the time when I made the link tree, uh, it's linked there. Pandora. If you don't want to buy anything, if you don't want to go stream, there's a tip jar that goes straight to my PayPal. Uh, if you want to drop a dollar or whatever, uh, or if you don't think highly of me, a penny, whatever you want to do. Uh, I would suggest yeah, buying his stuff personally. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to argue with Rumble on that one. I'm cool with that too. <laughs> oh, I I did, right? I I went and got like yep. the early the early copy of it right away. As soon as you yep. shared it. That's how you can support someone. That's how you mm-hmm. do it. Hey Will, how much are the uh albums going for? I think on Bandcamp the just digital version is seven. But yeah, I think the, that's about what I, I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah, uh, I think the album version is ten, but that's just because it, it has to cover like production and stuff. Uh, okay, but you can pay more if you want. It's all up to right. You, you can pay more if you want. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not even making a joke there. That's literally seven right. dollars or more is what it says on. There. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. So support, one thing that we support do here the man. At yeah, yeah. Support this man over here. Uh, one thing that we do here at the Lapdown Podcast is kind of like a christening. Uh, I want to. We want to get into the the realm of NASCAR. How did you get into NASCAR? Uh, who was one of your favorite drivers growing up? Who's your current favorite driver now? Uh, and give us some insight as to how you got into that world. Uh, it was a family thing uh, back when my mom and dad were married. Uh, they took me when I was a wee babe of the age of three in 1996 to Talladega, uh, which has always been the closest track to me, uh, three hours away. Uh, it's a lovely drive through nothing but trees. Um, again, I was three, so we did not stay for more than a lap. It was very loud for my wee little ears. I don't. They probably weren't happy with having to leave early, but I, I was uh, stagnant in NASCAR till 2005. When I caught my mom watching Homestead, uh, she was a Tony Stewart fan, so she was definitely happy. Uh, I started watching the next year, and she told me, when you were a kid, you liked Jeff Gordon. So I just was like, okay. So I like Jeff Gordon. Uh, he was my favorite driver till he retired. Uh, and then for a few years there, I didn't really have a favorite driver. I just kind of paid attention. I mean, I had people that like I pulled for, not like as a favorite, but I'm like, oh, but they're cool. One of them being Kyle Larson, which didn't work out a few years after. Uh, <laughs> Curse you, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, 2020 happened. To everybody. Uh, then when uh, I had been following Bubba Wallace since like 2010, when he was in the K&N series, I, I was in high school and I was on NASCAR.com. Wasn't supposed to be, but I was. Uh, I mm-hmm. saw a link to him winning like his first K&N race or something like, oh, he seems cool. And Turned out he was like a metalhead and stuff, so that worked out. Uh, then he went full time in 2018, and it wasn't a hard decision at that point to, for who was going to be my favorite. Hey, there we go. Uh, but, I know. Uh, speaking of the uh, KNN series, uh, Frankie Muniz uh, coming in from Arca, now getting getting a shot in the Xfinity series. Um, yeah, he he's somebody that's that's been impressing me lately. Um, he, he's not, he's not trying to do like the typical celebrity route and just throwing his money around to get good sponsors and good, good equipment immediately. He's, he's kind of going through the grind and trying to, trying to prove to the doubters that he actually loves racing and he's trying to, to be a part of the racing community and be, and do things the right way. Um, and I, I kind of felt that same way with, uh, Bubba Wallace. Now, obviously, Bubba Wallace wasn't a sitcom star as a child or anything like that, but uh, 
I, I definitely noticed some similarities to how Bubba Wallace moved up through the chains and how uh, uh, Frankie Muniz is doing this, doing it almost similar uh, pathways. Yeah, Frankie's definitely got a leg up, whereas uh, as Bubba was coming up, he didn't have uh, he, he didn't have PR people telling him what to do and what not to do and what to say and what not to say. Whereas Frankie Muniz has been in that world, the world of PR, since he was a child, uh, being a child actor. And then 2020 and 2021 rolled around and Bubba finally, finally got PR people, or so you would think. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, Frankie Muniz, did you guys happen to see that interview about how he came to be a NASCAR fan? I have not. No. So so real quick story. Real quick story time. Um, he uh, did this interview. Um, he attended the 2001 Daytona 500, 500 and talked to Dale Earnhardt. And he yes, Tyler, you are correct. He was the last person to have. Uh, face-to-face contact with Dale Sr. before he passed away. And he was a big Dale Sr. fan. And Kenny Schrader gave him an M&M's jacket on pit road. And both Kenny and Dale Sr. signed it. And, um, yeah, he so he, ta- he talked to Sr. right before he climbed in the car, and then Frankie rode in the pace car to start the race. And, you know, we all know what happened with Senior and Sterling Marlin and Kenny Schrader at the end of the race and stuff. Well, come to find out, last year when he made his first career ARCA start at uh, Daytona, the chassis that he was using was the same chassis that Sterling Marlin drove in that Daytona 500. Mm. No fucking way. Yeah, I didn't know I am, that. I am dead serious. I didn't know that. Wow, pretty cool. So it literally, technology was still it literally, yeah, it literally all came full circle some twenty-two years later. Oh, that's actually kind of wild. It doesn't 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 even make sense because it's such Uh a big gap in time. Well, the chassis Archer uses old NASCAR guys. Yeah, so it makes sense. So, yeah, I didn't know that story at all. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that that's awesome. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Thank you for bringing that up, Greg. That's awesome. No problem. See, I, I, love, I love this podcast because even, even getting on here, and I think I know stuff, there are they're just guys like you guys who just throw random things at me, and I'm like, huh, well, I learned something today, and that, that's always a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Luckily, when so, I throw things, we're going to hit you in Delaware. I mean, I can try to throw this cork at him, but I won't hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Tyler might try to throw that that uh, Royal Farms or whatever it is that he's eating over there. He might try to throw that at me as well. But uh, let's uh, let's continue this conversation. Uh, we This is uh, airing on Thursday, so... Uh, I know we all just got done watching uh, the qualifying or at least uh, some snippets of it. Uh, what is something that stood out to you guys uh, from the results of qualifying? Fuck Joey Logano. <laughs> I don't disagree. Anyway, I do not disagree actually, there. Actually, it, what it, surprised – can I say something real quick? Yep. You want, know what, you want to know what surprised me? Hendrick was not very fast. No, they're not. Hmm. 
going to say, they were yeah, the they mix, were. but normally they are, they are the mix. Okay, and... can I say something about this? Can I say something about yeah, this quickly? When it, come, when, it, when it comes to Sunday, there's two new bodies there, and there's the old Chevys there. None of us know how this is going to play out. There's going to be the duels tomorrow. We don't know how these cars are going to play out running against each other with each other. They're all going to, we, all, we already know the strategy. They're going to pit together. They're going to work together. But we don't know how these cars are going to line up and drop together. So this is something uh, really, I would say, new to us in the last while. Like two new bodies, and we're waiting for Chevy to come on next year with theirs, right? What's your all thoughts on that? I think well, honestly, I was going to say my... with that. Go ahead. Sorry. The, the Fords, not not the Fords, the Toyotas. That more flat front end. Um, they didn't. They didn't really have like great individual speed. Uh, go, I think Ryan, what was it that you said earlier? Uh, the the uh, twenty second was the best. One, 20, 20 second fastest in in a group of forty. That. But that was involved, and but that was Eric Jones, because of how those front nose are uh, put are put together, those things are going to be like like steel locomotives just traveling oh, through the wow. uh, turns of Daytona with a draft. Just think uh, about... I think the Fords are going to have the best uh, overall speed, where Chevy I feel like kind of went for more of a balanced approach, Hendrick included, instead of trying to get the, in the fastest individual. They realized last year and the years before, like. You could see, like, whenever they got some good, some good pushing going on from the draft, the those Chevys that got a little sideways. Uh, so I think that's an adjustment that they made on from the Chevy standpoint. But they made the, looking they made at, the, they made the Camaro more flat. If you look at look at the cars, they look they a little bit more flat. Yeah, and like I said, that's the adjustments that that they're making. But if you're looking for overall right. speed, I think the Fords are going to have the overall speed. I think the Toyotas are going to be the pushers and the ones who get each line moving. Uh, so it's gearing up to be a very, very interesting Daytona 500. Uh, I, think, yeah, I, I think so, too. Oh, I think, think about 2010, the early 2010, late Talladega, two, ta- two car tandem. I think that's going to be back a, a quite a bit. Because, eh, I, don't, because, I don't see that. Not, because, not with the packages I, I that these new yeah, Not with the packages. Built. They're going to be pushed. Well, the I don't Toyota's see that happening either. I well, I don't see them breaking out in the pack, but I'll be seeing them being like bump drafting and pushing a lot more than they have in the pack. Yeah, you'll you'll see people pushing uh like two cars pushing like get out ahead of everybody, and then they'll get uh-huh. swallowed up. But right, uh, I was just I was trying to do the math in my head, uh, which is doesn't really go well. Uh, <laughs> the highest Toyota was twenty second. Bubba was the third highest Toyota, and yep. he was twenty eighth. Uh, yeah, and then right behind him was Ty Gibbs. So it, that's out of nine total Toyotas, <laughs> if my math. Works. And that's eight those are top Toyotas. Toyotas. Those are right. those are top Toyota drivers right there, and they're way back in the field. But I don't think yeah. that relates. I don't think that relates no. to Sunday when they're in a pack and dropping. Mm, I agree. Don't, I don't I agree. think that relates. No, yep. I mean, uh, Ryan, Greg, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on these? I mean, yeah, Toyota definitely struggled with the single car speed. And it's not overly surprising because they typically haven't been overly quick in qualifying. Now, we haven't seen them be quite this bad in qualifying. Usually there's one or two inside the top 20. Uh, And I just went and checked, and they're actually split 
four and four between the two duels. So the fact that there are eight of them this year is going to help them the and strength in numbers in the duel. Yes. Just remember, two of them are also going oh, to is there nine? as well. Yes. Yeah, there's nine. Oh, there's... Two of them are oh, yeah, going to Jimmy Harmony Johnson's uh, an extra Toyota. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on it, Greg? So I have a few thoughts. Uh, one, uh, three of the four Hendrick cars qualified in the top ten. The only odd man out was the man that has been starting on the front row the last six years in a row, Alex Bowman. Uh, his streak came to an end. Um, two, there are no Hendrick cars on the front row for the first time in the last, That's I want to say, eight or nine, nine years. Ten years, actually. Yes. Last time there was uh, no Hendrick front row was 2015. Yeah. Actually, no. There's been a Hendrick car on the front row every year since 2009. Hmm. If you think about that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number... I love that. Uh, Number three, um, Michael McDowell looked like the class of the field until Joey Logano came along there at the end. Right. And number four, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but so back right before the uh, 2011 season, they repaved Daytona after the track started coming apart in the 2010 Daytona 500. And, um, during qualifying tonight there were a bunch of cars getting loose in the turns so i'm i'm looking at it handling may be becoming sort of an issue uh, for sunday again it's becoming like racing old daytona because the track's starting to wear back down it's actually starting to good like i said i said it actually like two years ago when i noticed cars were bottoming out more and more yeah, and again, this well, kind of talks about like the body builds of the cars and things like that. I think that's where Toyota's going to have the advantage because mm-hmm. they're able to push better. They're more square, uh, and even though they don't have the top end speed, if you just get a bunch of them in a line, uh, that, that could be the ultimate decider of the actual 500 race. I think they're um, going to be hard to beat on Sunday. It'll be interesting because uh, we all know everything's going to be well and dandy for the first uh like 499 miles rep, and then rep, the final, no, no, it final 50 yep. miles they're like oh we only got 20 laps 20 25 laps to get this thing done and we want to put ourselves in the way uh to, to win this thing and that that's when um manufacturer bondness is going to be broken and that's when all the fun happens but well, i have a feeling there's gonna be a big wreck at the end of the race like there usually is <laughs> no, I mean, no kidding Bold Brian Newman here, buddy. Into the yeah. right? Brian Newman Something that we might do uh, here Every, at the Lapdown Podcast. Everything we've ever may seen. Not, we, we may not air it as like a stream or nothing, but uh, Ryan, how would you feel at creating a Daytona 500 bingo card and we just play that throughout <laughs> the 500? I actually might be down for that. I could throw one together. Come on. Well, you would have to create like like different ones because they can't all you, be the same. Yeah, we all have to have different ones. I can create. Some How many times ones, Clint Boyer? Yeah. We should play a drinking game too, as well. How many times Clint no. Boyer mentions the Kansas City team? I'm gonna be yeah, bad at I mean, hey, if you want, to say, here's a drinking game for Rumble to play. He might be the only one that can keep up with this, but uh, <laughs> take a shot every time they show the Ryan Priest split. Yes, I. I'll be able to. How many times tonight? I know they showed oh, that like six times during his one here. lap. I will be able to hang in that drinking game, and then also 
to to add to that point, I'll be able to carry it into Monday because I got a day off, and that's when they're gonna fucking run that race. Otherwise, it's gonna be way late Sunday. I was looking at Daytona's Sunday. They're thinking about twenty twelve. They're thinking about like twenty twelve. What well, like what they did in twenty twelve? Yeah, from looking at the weather. Well, hopefully yeah, we don't have a fire on the track like we did in twenty twelve. Oh my! Stay away from the dead dryer. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need more of my time getting blown weather, up. Well, look at my weather app on my phone. I'm not trying to cut you guys off, but look at my weather app on my phone. It's showing Daytona Beach on Sunday. It's raining until fucking 6 p.m. So, okay. I hope that Yeah, almost... that's pretty normal and, for Florida. And then that's it is. About it. Ab- it absolutely, you're not wrong, Ryan. It absolutely is. Think- it's, just think oh, about it. I day. think uh, Will, Will was going to say something. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Bob. You know how many drivers you need to start a fire at Daytona? Just one. One. Just one. I was going to go with two, but okay. Just one. <laughs> I, got to, I, got to, I got to joke, Will. It's just one. Yep. Okay. I was going to add on to Danny. Danny, to add on to that. Are you talking about Juan Pablo? Yeah, that's yes, the yes, whole sir. one. <laughs> that World was the whole class joke. race car driver, won IndyCar races, won F1 races, won NASCAR it's races. The only thing NASCAR fans remember in the jet drive. Yeah. It's the yeah. jet drive. The only thing we remember was okay. when he went and, and hit that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I, I remember that day, too. Like They came back from commercial, and it's just the camera zoomed in on the jet dryer just – up in flames. Absolutely. I was like, what? I was 11 years old when that happened. We were all like, what? What's going on here? And then when they show the replay, it's like, Juan Pablo, you're going to live in infamy forever. Anyway, add on to Denny what Denny was saying about the weather. It's not. It's going to end at like 6 o'clock, but then it takes like almost an hour and a half to drive the track. Right. And we right. don't have rain tires for this track. Yeah, Can you no. imagine rain tires at 200 miles an hour? Oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah. That'd be terrifying. Be that'd wussy. be terrible. Do it, NASCAR. Just imagine the rooster tails gonna, coming off of those cars. I mean, then again, implement it, NASCAR. This is what we all want to see. I can drive 80 miles an hour back from Bristol eight hours in a Subaru. They can do it. <laughs> I, can dri- I can drive a Chevy Impala. 80 miles an hour going from fucking Cincinnati, Ohio to New York City in 80 miles an hour, too. In the so, rain? Yes. <laughs> I do that. Mm. I can do it in the snow. So. <laughs> this is a business. I can do it in the snow. <laughs> I can do it in the snow because I'm a Northeastern boy. So, next question for you guys. Uh, were you guys surprised about who the pole sitters were? Not necessarily. The fact that it's like a Joey Logano and a Michael McDowell, but uh, going into uh, qualifying with the different body builds, with all the storylines that played into it, the little glimpses you got from the clash, if you want to even give any of that any type of merit at all. Um, I know Rumble definitely does. He's made that very vocal. Not at all. Um, but were you, were you surprised about the front row being Joey Logano on the inside and Michael McDowell on the outside? I know Rumble wasn't. Yes, no. no. So go well, ahead, this one, I think we're gonna go. This one, we're gonna go one at a time. So, uh, we'll, we'll start off with uh, Will. Go ahead, Will. Uh, Joey, no. Uh, 
Joey's good at plate tracks. He's he's one of the best. Uh, and, and like we've mentioned before, the Ford seemed to have prepared for individual speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, but Michael McDowell, I'm not gonna say he surprised me like oh my god, but uh, it, it was definitely more of like a oh, uh, okay, okay, I see it, I can see it. Uh, I just didn't expect it. I guess that's a way to put it. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good Austin way of putting Dillon it. Uh, I didn't expect Austin Dillon to be as fast as he was. But again, it's just individual speed. And like, that's yeah, the thing about Michael McDowell. He, uh, he, he's always been like one of those drivers that like when you're actually in the race, he, he just has a knack for getting himself to the front, uh, even if he doesn't have the best of equipment. But now, at least from an individual standpoint, he is showing that he is what he him and his team have one of the top speed cars, which is going to make everything very interesting uh, for come the duels in the 500. Um, Greg, what's your thoughts on the pole sitters? So Logano, I agree with Will, not really much of a surprise because Logano is, you know, pretty good at the, the super speedways. Um, but you know, like Will said, you know, pole qualifying is based on individual speed. Um, we already discussed the whole Toyota thing, you know, like the highest ranking Toyota was 22nd. Um, they never really show up for qualifying. They more or less focus on their race package. Um, the Fords, I feel, lean more into their qualifying package because if you look at last year, for the 500 except for the front row if i'm not mistaken eight of the top 10 starting positions were fords but they were they weren't even hardly relevant until about midway to three quarters into the race because they had to adjust the hell out of the cars right so they 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 focus more on individual speed than they do group speed and drafting and all that and Mm -hmm. you know they're they're usually there in the late stages of the race um but like we've all been talking about the new body with Ford and Toyota and Chevy is kind of like on the back end of that. Now I agree with what the uh, comment Jamie said earlier, it is going to be very, very interesting come Sunday or Monday if it gets uh, postponed. Yeah. Um, Tyler, what kind of thoughts you got going into the pole sitters? Okay. So like I said, you know how I predicted the Roush to be the top, top, like top two. But I'm honest. I'm not honestly surprised that there's Fords, especially being Joey Logano or Michael McDowell. Have you seen, like I said, if you see the well, I was saying earlier, if you've seen the last like 10, 12 restricted plate races, including the 2021 date, 2020 Daytona 500, Michael McDowell finished outside the top 10 maybe once. He's a super good super speedway racer. He's always up front. The front row has always actually been a solid, uh, solid. Super Speedway since they came into the cup. Um, and Penske's Penske. I actually think the Air Fords are going to do. I think if I don't think they're going to be as relevant as like the Toyotas or the Chevys, because the Chevys I think are playing a little bit more conservative. But I think the Fords have very are going to be strong in general this season. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Before we before you give us uh, your thoughts, would you? Okay, that uh, before the race, before qualifying, Michael McDowell may have dabbled in some bulletproof coffee. Oh, <laughs> definitely possible. Definite possibility. Hey. 
I'll I'll shout out I'll shout out I'll shout out Social Sports Sports Podcast, which is one of our sponsors. Don't forget to add Social Sports Podcast to talk about baseball, football, and all that. Yep. Uh, on Tuesdays and well, not actually it seems like to be any day at this point. But uh, the Tuesdays hard count is uh, as another uh, podcast that is under the Social Sports Pad Network. Um, so yeah, huge huge shout out to the hard count. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead and give us your thoughts, Ryan. All right. So first off, um, the one of the things I noticed I was looking back through everybody's predictions. Logan, uh, the only person to predict Logano even on the front row was Rumble. Damn, so Danny. credit to Rumble there on that one. Nobody else had Logano on the front row. Oh, so what you're saying is Canada's the reason why we have a Logano on the poll. Yeah, well, technically Rumble picked uh, Logano for the outside front row, but still, yeah. God damn it, Denny. God damn it, Denny. I know, Canada. I Somebody's got to ah. get me the fuck out of here. Somebody's going to get Rumble, right no. But yeah, I live in I was... Cincinnati. I, I don't have it much better to do. I live in Cincinnati. Just, just boot me right now. Wait, I, fucking hate Logano. <laughs> I fucking hate Logano, and I called it. Fuck. One second. Tyler, did you say you were in northeast and then you just said you're from Cincinnati? I, I'm I'm from northeast. I moved to Cincinnati. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because I do not count oh, Cincinnati as northeast, and I can yeah. guarantee yeah. you are not. Ryan, say no one's more northeast than me. But uh, yeah, hey, you're Maine. You live. You're from Maine. So. Yeah, I am literally as far north and east as you can get without going up to Canada. Hey, I'm, Ryan. Like, but uh. Yeah, honestly, I was really surprised and super excited to see McDowell get there because honestly, he was. It looked like he was gonna barely bump his way into the top ten, and then he just came alive in the uh, top ten shootout where he ended up going up there, taking the uh, top spot there for the moment, and then obviously got bumped off the pole by Logano, which was disappointing, but still plenty of excitement there for well, me, for me. I, I feel fan. like Rumble should get some bonus points for calling Logano and uh, get a race yeah. first. That's that's it. And hey, I hate hey. that. I hate that fucking guy. Go go JoJo. Go ahead, Greg. Go go JoJo. Hey Ryan, go, go, I have a... JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die here. Oh my god. Hey Ryan, I have a question for you. Yep. So you're kind of like our stat guy. Um, when I was watching the broadcast, they were saying something about Alex Bowman's poll uh, time last year was like a 49.7. And um, Logano's poll uh, time tonight was like a 49.3 or 4. 49.4. Wow. So, that, so that's three-tenths faster yep. than last year. Does it seem like that the uh, single car speeds are getting faster every year? Well, you could credit that so, to the fact that Ford does have a new body, so potentially that new body being faster, but also another year just, of development added to it. I was just going to say that. Maybe that's uh, maybe Wait, that so speaks what, volumes. That's three, um, four tenths of a second? It was only, yeah, it was only a tenth of a second difference between last year and this year. Last year was a 49.536, and tonight's time from Lugano was a 49.465. So it was only about a tenth of a second difference but that's Both could be the margin between victory yellow. and defeat yeah and uh when it comes to that um it's probably one of those things that uh again we, we kind of already 
rehashed uh, like individual speed. I, I again, I, I made my two cents uh, on on like Logano. Wait, I'd rather him not be there, but he's there. He's kind of he's kind of on that same tier as Denny Hamlin for me at this point. Uh, great drivers, but rather not see them in the front. Uh, but McDowell, I think is, is this could be a good year for uh, McDowell. It, if them just creating a good package all around, has some decent speed out of the restrictor plate, uh, hopefully that transitions to uh, to the other tracks and just keeps him going uh, in, in the in the realm of conversation when it talks to top guys. Um, but with that, we're going to go ahead and go into our W Energy Bowl predictions based off of what we've seen just by qualifying. This is our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, who is going to be your dark horse pick for the Daytona 500 winner? And we will go one by one. We will start with Greg. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go. Ryan, little, jot it down. I'm going to go a little comical right here for, to start off. Um, Sunday, I think the rain is going to win. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I think the rain, the rain and the air titans are going to win on sunday but if we yeah. race on monday the air titan 500 yeah if we race on monday i want to say william byron but the, and the and the only reason i say william byron is because he's 0 for 5 in the daytona 500 he has not finished a single 500 since he started his cup series career oh that's, that's a but but he is a contender every week, so I can't really predict him. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say the third entry for RFK Racing, David Reagan, is going to win the Daytona 500. Ooh. That's definitely a bold pick, but he's at least locked into the field after tonight. Yeah. Tyler. Ooh, I have to. I wish I had. I could only, only pick one. Crap. I had a couple. My dark horse pick, honestly, might be like one of the might be one of the Stuart Haas guys. They actually impressed me with how quick they were during fall. I mean, they they're in the top fifteen, all four of them. I I see them being a being up there at the end of the race. I honestly think my prediction is I think Josh Berry pulls it off. Okay, okay. Josh Berry, that that's a I could that it's got a possibility. Uh definitely still fits in the dark horse Stuart, uh, realm. Stuart Haas, I mean they actually they impressed me. All four of them impressed me tonight. And if we're and if we're talking about dark horse, they are running the Mustang dark horse bodies too. That so. is true. They are. They are. <laughs> that is I that's clever. Like, I didn't uh, that's clever. Dark horse was, was a good pun for oh. how the how the qualifying turned out. I was gonna make uh, that pun. We're gonna make that fun all night, so, aren't we? Real, real Ryan. quick, bef real quick oh. before we go to Ryan, I just want to throw out one more interesting fact, real quick. Um, we were talking about Alex Bowman a minute ago, starting on the front row, six years in a row, and that included three poles in the Daytona 500. But if you look back at the stats, the first lap he ever led in the Daytona 500 came in last year's race. You know what? He keeps throwing out fun facts here. I'm gonna start uh, slogan that slo sloganize. Is that a word? If not, yeah. I'm I'm creating it into a word. Sloganize. It's now gonna become called the farmer's fun facts. 
<laughs> might get Farmer confused for might get confused for farmers insurance, but hey, the farm the far hey, the, uh, no, that's the far it's the farmer the farmer the farmer's fun fact of the day. I like that the farmer's fun Great fact of the farmer's day. fun fact of the day. I like it. We're we're gonna put that into the pod. We're we're doing it. So yeah, good, good, good job, go. Greg. You're you're now tasked with coming up with a fun fact each and every week. All right. All right go if ahead, you ever Will. need any help with fun facts, <laughs> I know a, I know a guy. <laughs> I, say, I know a guy too. <laughs> All right, oh, my Ryan, bad. What's, uh, uh, Ryan. what's what's your uh, your dark horse bowl prediction? Uh, okay. I think he's wearing it right now. I don't think that I don't think I'm allowed to make that for a bold prediction. If I remember what you guys said about the rules on a dark horse prediction, they it's not that they That's have correct. to be driving a dark horse Mustang, but as I, say, I think you said we couldn't count any former winners as dark horse picks, so technically Stenhouse wouldn't be an option. And I'm assuming Kyle Busch wouldn't be either, even though he technically hasn't won it before. That is correct. Okay, I kind of assumed since he's a former champion, he wouldn't be considered a dark horse pick, but I wanted to confirm it because I know you guys were specifically about talking him? about non-Daytona 500 winners, which he hasn't, and I really want him to. Uh, I think for my bold prediction, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Chris Busher. I think he's going to justify me putting him in the top 10 on my power rankings earlier this week, and he's going to go ahead and kick off the season with a win. I kind of, mm. I kind of dig that, Ryan. That's not a bad pick. Hey, I wouldn't put him in the top. I wouldn't put him tenth on my power rankings because I felt like <laughs> he's, hey, he a, he's a top. Good. He's a top ten. He's a top ten driver. He's actually shown that. Yeah. Anyway, who's next? So uh, far, Rumble. So far in our predictions, we have all Fords, two RFK drivers, and one Stuart Haas driver. Kind of, kind of sticking to the term dark horse, huh? <laughs> all right, Danny, what do you got? So if you're asking Rumble, um, I, don't I you dare say Joey Logano. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, personally don't go all the way to Canada and slap you in the face if you say Joey I already Logano. Said, I already said I'll hop on that plane with you. I already said earlier about Logano who I thought was going to get that, and I'd like to thank Ryan for pointing that out. But uh, if we're talking dark horse here, um, is Chastain a dark horse? Ooh, that's a mm. good one. That's a. I'm not. I mean, he's not a former a dark horse winner. He's not a former it? champion, and he's only got two wins to his career. So I would say probably. I would count it. Yeah, I would say you can so, use him. More than all right. So that's he's got single digit total in his career. No championship. No. Four wins. He's got three. Three wins. Boys. Four. Rumbles. Rumbles going with Chastain. Okay. That's it. Jamie, what do you got? Well, before me, uh, we're going to go to our special guest, Will. Who is your dark horse for the Daytona 500? I would also like to point out that all but one person has picked a Ford so far, so I think everybody's just kind of bandwagoning. And with that being said, I'm picking Riley Herbst. Ooh! Yeah, that's not bad. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. I wrote it down earlier. I haven't even changed it. You can see it. I wrote it down on there. All right. That, that All right. is a real good Jamie, pick. Jamie, you're going to keep that's the hype train going, or are you going to choose differently? Uh, I'm, I'm going with the hype train. I'm, I'm going with All the dark right. train here. 
And right. uh, Google gobble one of us. Google gobble one of us. One of us. One of us. And for the first time in forever, the iconic number 21 Wood Brothers Ford is going oh to be driven by Harrison Burton into wow. the winner's circle of the Daytona 500. Wow. That, that'd be a Cinderella story. In the that is a, that's definitely a dark horse pick. I mean, mine's a pretty good. I mean, the last time they won it. Down to the checkered flag, it's going to be these six drivers in a pack together. I guarantee. Yeah, watch that. Honestly, it's a feel good story for the Wood Brothers Ford to fucking go and win. We all know that. Sorry. Me knows that. 13 years since I won the 500 last. But listen, how fitting would it be, though, if Harrison Burton did win the Daytona 500, and that is win number 100 for the team? There you go. Oh, getting ready yeah. to say that, Greg. I, I wouldn't be getting offended. Ready to say that. You stole my thunder. Just remember, his father, <laughs> dude, but he'd be first. He'd be the first. He, his, no, he would match his father. and Because Ward Burton, is Ward Burton his father or is Jeff his father? Yeah. Uh, Ward's his dad. Ward, uh, Ward, no, Ward Burton. Dad. I think it's Jeff. Yeah, Jeff's his dad. Yeah, Jeff. Both of them. I was gonna say because yeah. if Ward, if Harrison Burton wins, he will match his uncle with his Ward for winning. Yeah, because Jeff Burton never won the Daytona 500. Nope. Greg stole but Jamie's. Also, in... Jamie stole NASCAR script. Honestly, <laughs> nobody picked the fact that nobody picked a Toyota, which is good. Well, because oh. I, I, I can't. I can't be biased because my my driver wouldn't be a dark horse at these play tracks. So my driver ain't a dark horse either. That's well, exactly see, that's exactly why I was asking what what is a dark horse as far as your oh, guys' mine's definition. For, oh, mine's for sure not a dark horse because he was the twenty twenty champion, and you can right. call it a big. You Kevin can call Harvick, it a big. That's no dark I, horse. I'm a Chase Elliott fan, dude. Huge Chase so Elliott fan. Yeah, Daddy. Daddy! So am I. Bandwagon. Fuck we'll see. You bandwagon. We'll see I've been watching NASCAR <laughs> before you were fucking a bubble in your dad's eye. But but then that again it makes then again it makes sense because I was a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Oh jeez. We'll, we'll see. My 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 pick came down between two. It came down between um David Reagan and Noah Gregson. Ooh, no, Gregson would no, Gregson would have been a good one. But I, I was thinking back. You know, David Reagan was a restart away from winning the 500 back in 2011 until he got that penalty. And I'm kind of biased because he's from Georgia, and I'm was born and raised in Georgia, so I had to go with like the hometown kid. Oh, we have all different. Oh, wow, we have all different backgrounds here. And he was. Well, oh, Jamie, you may want to fix your mic. You don't sound very good, Jamie. Yeah, try logging <laughs> out, logging back in here. You okay, Jamie? <laughs> okay, now that he's gone, now that I've all gathered you here today. <laughs> oh, just, I got something here. Anyway. Anyways. Oh, excellent. No, yeah, that's I, that's better. Yeah, go ahead, Jamie, and say what you were going to say before I say what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, one thing that that we should do, Ryan, for next week's episode, uh, 
keep tab of those of those uh, picks, and whichever driver finishes the best out of our dark horse picks, we will do an air siren of victory uh, right. for the person who chose correctly. Or are you going to do an air victory uh, for fucking rumble? Chastain's going to win. <laughs> Just like that. Hey, how, how about? How about we take it a step further and do like a uh, point system too, and Ooh, see and like see who like can that. finish, see I who like can that. finish higher than everybody else come the end of the season. I like that. Well, and from a from a points perspective, I'm definitely for that. But it we're we're speaking in the realm of of fantasy a little bit, and what better way than to go into our next segment? We're gonna let Ryan Dyer lead with Dyer's do's and don'ts in the world of NASCAR <laughs> fantasy. Uh, talk about right. strategy, Daytona 500 plays. Coach us up, Ryan. All right. Coach so, Ryan Dyer to the rescue. So the first step for uh, for NASCAR Fantasy is obviously to sign up at the uh, uh, on NASCAR's website to play the NASCAR Fantasy game because uh, that's what I go off of when I'm talking NASCAR Fantasy. And, uh, yeah, uh, the next – step is to don't because <laughs> uh yeah it is uh, daytona is not a place to be uh to kind of use any of your kind of typical favorites your uh i would even say your kyle bushes your martin tricks juniors your um a lot of your favorites just aren't worth the pick considering the fact that you only get to use them 10 times throughout the regular season and a lot of them are weekly contenders. You don't want to burn them all up by throwing away a pick at Daytona when they'll end up in a pileup on lap 20. So that's kind of the first big kind of key to NASCAR fantasy is realizing that you got to make sure that you still have picks available come the end of the season and don't want to throw away a, a pick at Daytona where the crash rate is literally pretty much 50-50. Unless you're me, who uh, won Daytona last year in my fantasy league with 225 points. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can hit big, but the question is whether or not you want to go big risk, big reward. Because it is very easy to go very wrong at Daytona. Just ask anyone who had Kyle Busch picked last year. They were looking so Uh, good all the way up to the 500 mile mark, and then the race continued. Yep. Everything yeah. I uh, so what are, what's some uh, some strategy plays, uh, Ryan? Okay, so some strategy be, plays, especially for the Daytona 500, would be to utilize a couple of your um, part-timers, your Riley Herps, your David Reagans in particular, the guys who are kind of super speedway specialists only in here for one or two races because you won't run out of them. So it, it's essentially a free pick because you uh, won't run out of them. And typically they are in there because they run well at that specific type of race. So typically that's a pretty good value pick to try and squeeze in at least one or two. Help you conserve maybe one of your uh, normal starters like a, Ch- a Chase Elliott, a Kyle Busch. Uh, that's kind of the uh, would be my typical MO is to try and make sure that I still have some picks left by the end of the season. Half the time it's like, oh, I'm all out. Uh, say when I'm prepping my lineup, it's like, oh, uh, my friends are talking about like, oh, I'm out of my 
I'm out of Logano's. I'm out of uh, something else. And it's like, we still have three weeks left in the season. What are you going to do at, at like Darlington for the regular season finale if you run out of Logano's with three weeks to go? Mm. I, yeah, that, 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 that's some good points there. Yeah, and it's one what that... What was it, you said, Will? So don't pick Chastain at Darlington. Who hit the wall with Cowlers? Yep. <laughs> I picked up for fucking Daytona. That's what I did. Absolutely pick Chastain at Martinsville, though. Yeah, I already uh, he'll hit the wall, but he'll, he'll do well. All right. picked, It'll turn out good for him. I already picked Logano would be at the front of the this shit when it started and he's gonna be at the front of this shit when it started I'm, I wasn't wrong and I hate the guy right. I hate the guy Ryan do the duels count for fantasy or does it is it just the points uh, races no it's just the points race. races so the all-star race also does not count so neither does I can, the I can still procrastinate for the rest of the week and not pick anything yep if you're smart you'll wait till Friday and go to Ryan so Dyer's get... YouTube page and look at his Fantasy Friday uh, episode. Yeah, we make one... I'm going to make a bold pick. All right. Josh Berry is winning you... Ricardo this year. I don't know if that's you, really you a bold pick. More, I think he's dubby. the expected pick. I mean, out of the three drivers, he's the only one driving for what I would consider a top team. I mean, true. The other two are both Spire Motorsports drivers. So, I mean, a rookie is higher equipment. Backed by, by Trackhouse, though. It yeah, really but still, it's Spire equipment, team. comparatively. Haley Deacon's not going to do well in the Xfinity. Her career is crashing. Yeah. Her career, I honestly think she's going to be a cup driver and not end up like, having a career like Danica's. I would the I mean, the only thing I would say about that career. though is that um look at what Harrison Burton did in trucks compared to what he did once he got into the Xfinity series. He was absolute shit in trucks and then he's become one of the top drivers in the Xfinity series. That's my point, is that she wasn't very good in the in the uh Xfinity series or she wasn't good in the trucks, well, but she could pop off in the Xfinity series. But she's driving for a not so good team though. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things where it could go good, it could go terribly. Danny, are you drinking coffee? Or is that beer? (laughs) (laughs) I saw that coast. I'm kidding. Say, did you you have to ask? You had to ask whether that was beer or coffee? (laughs) Feel like the answer was pretty obvious That's like a black. That's beer, not like some watery yeah, American soldier. It's totally coffee. I put my coffee in a beer can. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to say this right now. I'm mildly special. This is how I roll. I try and look cool, so I drink my coffee out of a beer can. That would be... No, no, no. So, I mean, Ryan, <laughs> what is uh, what is some of your Daytona 500 plays in the, for NASCAR Fantasy? So, uh, typically I look at the Fords because uh, the Fords tend to have some of the best teamwork, especially from the advantage in numbers. Uh, the Toyotas just don't have, I feel like the Toyotas the in number. the 2016 500 kind of tip their hand. 
to the point where they uh, kind of gave up the strategy of, oh, yeah, we can work together and win. And now Chevy and Ford are doing it as a manufacturer and they outnumber Toyota significantly. And even with the addition of the new car or of the additional cars for Toyota, I still think Ford and Chevy have an advantage there. Now, Chevy might be a little bit closer to to Ford, but uh, after this past year, but I still think it's a significant advantage to be a Ford at the end of this race. Mm-hmm. The Ford mm-hmm. seemed to last to the end of the races pretty consistently. The Fords also have more efficient, have better fuel. I know this. They actually, Fords seem to have better fuel mileage. Yeah, I mean, as I say, the, and that's been a thing for a while because, uh, Kurt Busch, when he won his Daytona 500, it was a, uh, it was off of fuel a mileage. Uh, fuel mileage race. Well, yep. you just never know with Daytona Cal Day, do you? You never know if it's going to play itself out or if it's going to be a now I got I I want to ask something to Jamie or Ryan. So if we were to go into any races this year, do we want to do we want to do a live podcast from the track after the race? If we do go, I'd be interested. Uh, I mean, it, it it's definitely something that that we could do. Um, typically, when we do these, uh, we want to uh, make sure that everyone else is on board. But I wouldn't be opposed to doing kind of like. Like utilizing like the YouTube forum to do like a live stream of, of like our reactions, kind of thing. Like I said, I have like five races I'm going to the show. That's why I was asking. Yeah, if there was one that we were all going to, something like, like maybe honestly, the Bristol so, Night Race or something. What, what track do we all live closest to? That's the next question. Oh, <laughs> and say like Rumble and I, I don't think could get further apart from racetracks. It. I mean, the closest track you have, Ryan, is New Hampshire. Yeah, but uh, Rumble's west coast of Canada, so so no, he's he over California. in Pacific time. He has California. He doesn't have auto club. A... Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, there's no auto club I this have... year. I have Kansas. I have Pocono. I have well, fuck, I can't take Kentucky. I have Block and Glen. I have Richmond, yeah. and I also have uh, Gateway within within eight hours of me, and Mid Ohio for the truck. And say Dover's gonna have that giant rubber ducky there. What? I yeah. remember the I remember the rubber ducky because I was there. I, I I went to Dover every year except for this is the first year I didn't go last year. Well, this is the first time that the that Dover's gonna be holding the world's largest rubber duck. So it's literally going to be Miles the Monster versus the Yellow Rubber Duck. We need to have Greg mount. <laughs> hey, Jamie, if I go there, we got to have Greg mount the giant rubber duck. I don't oh, want to see Greg mount shit, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, sure you do. Sure you do. Oh, no, not that Greg. Do. No, we can, get, Greg. we can get Greg, Greg the Penguin. We can we can get Greg right, so to we're, get tickets uh, to Atlanta. I think he was pretty clear in his point that he didn't want to see nobody mounting shit <laughs> from that conversation. Like, come on, what the fuck? The rubber duck. But we're uh, we're we're else. spiraling out of, out of control. Uh, hey Jamie, I've got one more thing. If you want to uh, do it, 
I've, I've got a wheel Go here ahead. with every cup driver. Do we want to spin it and see who the wheel thinks is going to win the race? I yes. actually let's, the, let's do it. Wheel of random, randomness predictor. What does I the wheel predict the Daytona 500 is going to be? And we will base our picks and combine it against the wheel. Yeah. Spin the wheel. Spin the, the wheel, wheel, son. Let's hear it. The wheel's going to be the wheel's going to be like the AI. So, like we're going to be it's going to be six of us versus the AI. Yep. There's Vanna White when you need her. Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So the wheel is in the middle of the screen. And here we go. Let's right, see who it's going to spin. Share your screen. Uh, uh, say I'm spinning I, it. I can't see it. Don't, don't uh, I put it on the. I put it on for the uh, stream. Okay. Well, I'm not on the YouTube so, page, so you're just gonna have to enlighten me. Yeah. So the wheel predicts Martin Truex Jr. will win the Daytona 500. There's no uh, way. Everybody, no boo, way. This no way. boo this man. Boo this man. Hey, it's a bold. Hey, I think it's a bold prediction. <laughs> we all picked Ford. That was funny. I love. That's what I love about the wheel right here. We all pick Ford, so it picks a fucking Toyota. Hey, we didn't all pick Ford. <laughs> we did not man, all pick Ford. Man, I'm actually a Truex fan. I like the guy. I think he's no, a good just, soul, no. but I. Oh, he I don't think he went in the fucking 500 this year. That's not happening. There, I mean, there's I'm, nobody I really don't like in the in the field. It is. I'm pretty chill. I'm just a Denny, Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin can go fuck himself. Yeah, I no. hate Denny Hamlin. Then fuck that guy. I think Denny's funny. Denny's a jackass. I think if you didn't have Denny, you'd be bored. No, if we didn't no, have. No, if we <laughs> didn't have. Joe, Joe, Joe Logano's way worse. Way worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Way worse. No, way worse. No, if we did, anybody else know this? Kyle Busch got more mellow last year. Well, yeah, because he went I think to the a Chevy. The fans were attacking him less because he was Toyota. in a Chevy too, though, compared to the yes. he got when he was in yes. Toyota. Yes. Hey, that happened to Jimmy actually, Johnson and and Jeff Gordon is because Kyle's at the end of his career and everybody views him positively now because he's I, about to retire. Can I actually chirp about this? I have an opinion about this. All right. Um, everybody, everybody hated Kyle Busch. I, I hated Kyle Busch. But all the all the Chevy guys that hated Kyle Busch, as soon as he went into a Chevy, they were like, oh, yeah, he's our guy, right? And tell me I'm wrong. Like, everybody was, like, supportive of it. Am I wrong? Because nope. fuck Toyota. Am I wrong? You're not Retort. wrong. Retort. Retort. I'm gonna I'm be for real. Chevy guys were like, Kyle Busch is going to a Chevy car now. We love him, right? Honestly, I still, I actually, oh my god, Ryan, put that fucking piece of shit down. I, I, I had one within arm's reach. <laughs> one of Kyle Busch's race win cars from Bristol. Actually, that was Bristol I can't, Spring 2018 I can't, from the Kyle and Kyle show. I, I can't lie though. That that's one of his Skittle schemes are kind of the cool one, some of the coolest. Yeah, I didn't I, as I say the Skittle schemes. Re respond, respond to my question. That, uh, what I'm asking is that Kyle Busch going from from was a Gibbs, yes, in his Toyota, to going to a Chevy and Richard Childress, which seems like to me kind of a demotion, where he did very well where he started. And I'm like, I'm kind of cheering for him. I feel like he's kind of an underdog moving there, and I'm kind of cheering for him. Honestly, he's, he, I, I mean, he turned RCR into a championship team. Oh, RCR was a championship team for at least seven seasons. So um, we, that's, that's 
Kind of a non-starter. I mean, Tyler Reddick. I mean, Tyler Reddick was. I I I still think Tyler Reddick was a top driver. It sucks that they lost him, but. No, RCR builds very capable cars. You just have to put very capable drivers in them. Yes, it's, you do. You You are not wrong. Just imagine if just imagine if they put points last season. Just a, what, is, just imagine if, not what if what if Kyle Larson went to RCR? Would that be a different story? I yeah, mean, I think the Hendrick equipment is as good as it could possibly be, but I think but you're it, all missing. I still, I, I think, I still you're think all Kyle Larson wins point. the championship, even if he was an RCR. I think you're all missing my point is that Kyle Busch going to RCR was like the biggest jump. When we all knew that Kyle Busch and the, the strife that was going on there, we knew he was going to, something was going to happen. Did you all think it was he was going to land at RCR? Like, honestly, I, just honest I, answer, answer, answers. Like, what? What do you think was gonna really happen? My personal opinion, I actually thought he was gonna go not go to a different Toyota team. Honestly, I thought he, I figured he would have stayed with Toyota and went to a different Toyota team. I, I was kind of split he because I didn't really I see figured an obvious landing spot for him until the until like they, the RCR no, rumors. they're not gonna drop. No, they're not. They weren't gonna drop their Hendrick is that even even I though figured Bowman he would land with Hendrick. No, if, as much as I hate to. Kyle and Rick Hendrick no. did not get along. And yeah, and that's, that's they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone back. That's they why Kyle, that's why Kyle got released from Hendrick in 2007 because Kyle and Kyle and Rick had a very major fallout. Well, so just just to put this in perspective, it was just as big a blast that that Kyle was going to land in a Chevy. Do you not agree? That he was going to land in a Chevy. That that was the biggest blast of all. He was gonna change his truck teams, everything. It, it, it was the biggest one of the biggest stories in years for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what was gonna say something on that? There's Fire one, away, man. Fire away. Another manufacturer you could have gone to. The the only other Toyota team at the time was twenty three eleven and they uh they're very happy with two cars at the moment. Uh so that's the, all and, they could support is two cars at this time. And, and I don't know where he would go in Ford unless Brad wanted another car and Kyle Bush and Brad. Brad, uh, I was say Brad and Brad and Kyle never got along. No, or Joey and Kyle never got along either. Nope. They're not gonna fire anybody at Team Penske because they've got a two-time champion and now a one-time champion, and one of the Austin, owners. Yeah, so, and, then, and then the team president's son. Yeah. But why and about yeah. back and back to Hendrick. Not only did he have a fallout, I don't think Hendrick would have released any of their drivers. They're all race winning drivers. And the, right. and they're they all it. under contract till at least twenty twenty five. Right. Yeah. I get that. But, really but to get things uh back on track, uh the last last thing I wanted to bring up uh for discussion is since we're since this is the the last episode that we're gonna have before it is officially race day and the Daytona 500 is Fuck, getting yeah. underway uh, from from having Dwayne the Rock Johnson giving the given the command to uh, just hearing those engines roar and getting things going, what yeah. is your favorite Daytona 500 moment? 
Uh, we will start with Will. Well, my favorite moment is Bubba Wallace winning the 22-22 Daytona 500 because Austin Cindric pushed him below the line, and I will I will die on that hill. But uh, anyway, uh, probably the 2018 race where not it's not really the race, but it's the moment after when he and his mom shared that moment. That's probably my favorite because it's I haven't seen any of the big ones live. I know I'm not old, Rumble. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't see the 98. I didn't see uh, uh, the, the, I don't. I think I missed the 2007 race, but I guess the 2018 one. Okay, uh, Rumble. You want me to answer that question? Yes. So, uh, exactly what he just touched on there was Dale getting it finally in 1998. It was epic for me. Um, just so y'all know, I was actually like. My family's always kind of put together kind of a Daytona get-together and we're going to have some brunch and hang out. And when the, when they threw that caution, I was like, that's it. We finally got it. We finally got it. It was epic for me. I was screaming and yelling. I think I scared people that were in the building. All the neighbors heard it. Um, that That's it. That is the moment. And I'm sure that's the moment. And that's, you know what's sad about that is that it's probably the moment for so many people that it's not epic, but for me that that was it. That was it. Once that once that caution flew and we knew we were getting it, the the most epic moment in NASCAR ever. Ever. And not to uh kind of backtrack, but all the conversations about Kyle Bush, I feel like he's now in that realm of the Dale Earnhardt. And yes. uh, I, I feel like that would be another iconic moment for Daytona if Kyle Busch is to get that illustrious uh, that that illustrious uh, title under his belt. That's the only thing yes. that he hasn't won yet. Absolutely. Well, if he does win it, that just means a few years later he's got to die. No, <laughs> please don't no, do that. No. Ah. <laughs> That's the funniest shit ever. Oh, heard. man. Uh, you're going to win, but All right. I could die. <laughs> I do. <Tyler. laughs> On that Actually, note, we'll go to Tyler. <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bit. I'm gonna be a little bit biased for this one. But honestly, the 2014 Daytona, 20, and the 2014 Daytona 500. I was there, and I got and I got to watch my boy. I got to watch Dale Earnhardt Jr. win his second Daytona 500. Five. That's amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And I got to listen to the radio because I had my father gave. That was actually a special moment because that was with my dad when I went with my dad. Um, he gave me the radio, and I heard Dale yell. I'm like, dude, I was cheering so loud. Absolutely. I come back to school, and I had videos and everything because nobody believed me. And I literally like what I literally showed him Dale Earnhardt Jr. doing donuts. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Greg. Oh uh, well, Tyler kind of stole mine. Um, so. You know, like I said back in uh, episode one, I uh, really, really got into NASCAR in 2004 when Dale Jr. won his first Daytona 500, and I was a fan of his ever since, uh, up until he retired. Um, but yeah, my my favorite Daytona 500 moment has got to be the 2014 500 when he won his second one, uh, 10 years to the day of his first one. And um, going back to... Um, yeah, like and it, it was just such a special moment like you know uh under the caution that final caution he picked up that piece of tape 
and yep. everybody thought mm-hmm. everybody thought it was over and then come to find out that piece of tape came from the three car which was that was the three cars first race back on track in the cup series since 2001 um that it, yeah, just, just thinking it's about like that. it's like it's like the stars aligned for that one um and i remember <laughs> waking up half my neighborhood i was screaming so loud because it was at oh, like yeah, 10, man. 10 10 30 11 o'clock at night when the oh, race yeah, ended man Dude, but, I was dude. It was you should have heard how loud it was. In hell yeah, man! Oh my but god! Going, but going back to a couple episodes ago when we were making our um, original predictions for the 500 winner, not the dark horse, but like just regular predictions, I predicted Kyle Busch winning the 500. So in 2004, the eight car wins. Ten years later, the 88 car wins. Ten years later, the eight, the eight the, car wins. The eight, eight cars got to win. It, actually, if you think about it, the stars. Just, if you think about it, that does make sense. I actually like that. Right. All right. I have a question about this. Also, I would love to, to hear from uh, Dale Jr. What he thinks about uh, Kyle Busch winning in the eight car. Fucking great! I I I love the idea. Like oh, dude, I can't Kyle wait. Bush. I want to see Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s face when when Kyle Busch wins in the eight car. Well, well, see, so, well, Kyle Busch did have like two or three wins last year already. He won Auto Club yes, and Talladega. Did. Yes, he did. Yes, uh, he Gateway did. as well. And so, he and he's, done, he's, done, he's done better for RCR than anybody has in fucking years. Right so, away. So, when they first announced that uh, Kyle Busch was going to RCR um, on an episode of the Dale Jr. download, um, Mike Davis asked Dale Jr. about his feelings about them bringing back the eight car for Kyle Busch to run. And he said that he was 100% okay with it. Right. That's Dale Jr. Just Dale I mean, I Jr. Feel like he would have to be person. They, they won. They won. Uh, just put that number back out there. If he wasn't on board with it. Cause right. Dale Jr. Is a good fucking person. He's going to say I'm good with that. I don't, I don't Dale Jr. The reason he would have to be against it. I want, there's no reason I, to be against him. I want to see. I want to see Kyle Busch run a Budweiser throwback paint scheme for Darlington. Yeah, I'd like, yeah, yeah. like to see that too. I want to see that. Ryan, like what's your uh, 500 moment? All right, so mine happened. Uh, I think it was about a hundred or 1,096 days ago when Michael McTell won the Daytona 500. Yeah, in two th- in twenty twenty one. Oh, that, that was not a thousand days friend, uh, Patrick, we were on the phone yeah, talking as really uh, talking on the phone really? as the race was coming to an end, and apparently he was about a half lap ahead of me, and he's like, "My McDowell made it through. McDowell made it through," and I'm like, "No, you're just saying this to try and get me excited about it." Then I saw Kozlowski and Logano, two guys I'm not a big fan of. Spin and crash right in front, and somehow McDowell made it through to win the race. And it was, <laughs> it was early scheme. in the day, February 14th, uh, and the Lone Star winning on Valentine's Day was just a cool coincidence, too. That was that I found. There you go. And what about you? In the Love's like car, it. too. Yeah. He was in the Love's car. That was why I said I like it was it. Love's car winning yeah. on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I like Ryan, it. Do you love that? Oh yeah, I was loving it. Apparently he does. <laughs> do that. Uh, I'm loving it. Jamie, share with the group. Uh, 
So for me, like I, I, I purposely went with, went a different route because I knew like the Dale Earnhardt and the Dale Earnhardt Juniors of the world were going to be talked about. Um, I knew Ryan was going to talk about Michael McDowell. Uh, um, oh, I didn't have to look into it. I didn't have to look into a crystal ball to figure that one out. I, I could have also gone with my other guy. <laughs> so for me, uh, my favorite uh, Daytona 500 moment stems from an underdog and when i was first freshly getting into nascar and really getting really getting back in it ever since the the whole dale earnhardt senior incident was in 2010 when jamie murray edges dale earnhardt jr and claims his daytona 500 victory uh the thrill of just seeing dale jr split kevin harvick and uh the fact that he was I forget who ass. it was on the outside, but he split them right in the middle, shoved that amp energy car right in between them. And it looked like if he had one more lap, he was going to have something to say about getting, getting himself another Daytona 500 win. But uh, I was a big fan of uh, Jamie McMurray back then. Uh, and again, I'm a sucker for underdog stories, and I was pulling for Jamie McMurray. So that was a really cool moment. You could have done Jamie. That's you awesome. could have done. You could have done 2011 too. It was That's funny. awesome. Coulda, coulda, woulda. Well, we also already talked about the 2011 Daytona 500 like earlier. Because I am an underdog story. Is I I love under underdog stories as well. So I I do enjoy that. Honestly, so, among NASCAR fans, NASCAR fans love an underdog for some reason. So, well, so an, I just, another. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Rumble. Go ahead, Rumble. No, I just want to say, uh, so everybody hates Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs because we keep winning and shit. It's easy to hate somebody. Uh, hang on a second. It was easy to hate Jeff Gordon. It was easy to hate Jimmy Johnson because they just kept winning. And I was one of those people. I was like, fuck, I'm sick of watching these guys win every weekend. But it, that's the easiest thing to do in sports is be like, oh, you're so fucking great, but I fucking hate you because you keep cleaning out my shit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're 100 spot on. Uh, that's why a lot of people didn't like Dale Earnhardt. That's why a lot of people didn't yes. didn't like, like Richard Petty back in the day. Yes, not a lot of people liked. Um, what's his, who was it? Who was it? That's why a lot of people don't like Denny Hamlin right now. He's, or 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 Joey. Actually, now Joey Logano was a fucking dickbag. Denny but, and Hamlin, Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano are neither fucking that good together so I, i'm not quite sure where you're coming at I'm, from there Ryan, because they're races like put together have denny hamlin and joey logano one can you look that up for me stat guy all right um look i gonna say ballpark would be about uh, um it's gonna be about in the, over 100 50, races combined no it's not over 80? 100 because denny's at what 52 no but 58 see, 59 this is something that's really funny jamie brought up the 2010 Daytona 500. That's the second time that race has been brought up tonight. I watched that whole race yeah, again. Yeah, Denny Hamlin's at 51 like Saturday. This this past Saturday, I've watched I watched that whole race from start to finish again. So it's weird that that race is getting brought up twice. But if if you if you dominate things, people will hate you because mm-hmm. they want to see their teams win, right? Like if if you just well, dominate Byron, apparently. People will hate you. They just they'll just hate you because that's you're dominating. That's why people hated Kyle Larson in 2021. That's why they hated Jimmy Johnson for years and years. Like, 
That's why they hated Jeff Gordon for right. years and years. It's it's the truth. They they will fucking hate you if you're dominating. Hang on, Larry Max got some numbers. Eighty three total between. Yeah, Gano has thirty two and drivers together have won almost as many races as Jeff Gordon did his whole career. And if yeah, you want to count, they've... you don't. If rain wins don't count as wins because apparently they don't. <laughs> uh, that's as many wins as Jeff Gordon has, right there. More even, because Jeff Gordon won like nine rain wins. Did he? Joe Logano has like ten, like five or six rain wins. I don't know. Well, uh, uh, real, right now. real. I've real been quick. around. I've been. I've been around long enough. I just got. I'm just gonna end this here. I'm just my one point. I've been around long enough that I was. I got sick of watching Jeff Gordon win. I was like. Jesus, I, I was an Earnhardt fan, and I got just sick of watching Gordon win. Wonder Boy, dude, absolutely. And Wonderboy. if I seen Jeff Gordon in person, I'd say, man, you are you are a racing legend. I'd tell him, I'd hope he'd sign my shirt or something. But I'm just saying, it, if you're not a fan of him and you're watching them win all the time, it's like watching the Patriots win for years and years. People hate them. They hate them. Because they're like always winning over there. Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> Fuck Tom Brady. That's what I'm you saying. You wouldn't be though. asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to shut I'm a Giants fan off. over here, so shut the hell up. But, oh, hold on. Real, uh, I'm sorry. Real, real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were, you know, Ryan was talking, or not Ryan, uh, Will was talking about us bringing up the 2010 500 two times. I'm going to bring it up a third time real quick uh, with another farmer's fun fact of the day. Um, <laughs> so that, that, um, that was when uh, they, NASCAR was consistently making the schedule every year. And Atlanta was the second race of the season, like every single year. That, no, Auto Club was. And, uh, that that particular Atlanta was 2015 was the year they started going to Atlanta second race of the year. Yeah, uh, let, let Greg finish. Um, that that well, that particular year, that particular year, um, Atlanta ran a promotion for whoever won the Daytona 500. Was that was the price they were going to sell a certain amount of tickets for? And so Jamie McMurray won the race, and so they sold like ten thousand tickets for a dollar a piece. Jeez. And so, and so, so they Ouch. had like they. So my the local news channel down here was down there at Atlanta Motor Speedway with like a big crowd of people, and they had like a big TV screen set up, and every single person watching the end of that race was a Jamie McMurray fan that night because they got tickets for a dollar instead of tickets for eighty eight dollars. Right. <laughs> even eighty-eight dollars hey, still wouldn't have been bad, though. No, my I went to the fall Talladega race last year. I was on the start finish line. Uh, my my ticket was like ninety-eight dollars. Hey, that's where that's where me and my wife are going to be sitting in the spring. We're going to be right at the start finish line. Who's going to Bristol Spring? Probably not. Hang on, hang on. I got this. 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 <laughs> but but yeah I, I definitely uh definitely enjoyed all of this going on uh all the craziness but we do got to get things uh uh wrapped up here uh so just big shout out to uh to our sponsors uh fanatics 
use use our code SSPP10 uh, to to get get all your NASCAR <laughs> merchandise geared up for the 2024 NASCAR season. Uh, Bulletproof Coffee, Doctor Sasquatch, uh, Sleeves, W Energy, uh, and uh, Duke Cannon. Uh, th- those are all the sponsors for the Lapdown Podcast. Uh, I am Jamie. Uh, for Ryan, Greg, Rumble, Tyler, and our special guest, Will Bain. This has been the Lapdown Podcast. And without further ado, let's go ahead and wish everybody a great, great great Daytona 500 weekend. And last but certainly not least, Deuces! Deuces!